Hi, how you doing? Good. I probably don't ask you that enough, but I hope you're doing well. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, be among us today. Send your Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds and open our eyes and ears to hear your word today and what you have to say to us through your servant, Matthew. In your name we pray, amen. What would you do if you won the lottery? What would you do? Most people don't play the lottery, but even those of us who don't play it still think about what we would do if we won. What would you do? Would you quit your job? Would you buy a new car? A new house? Travel the world? Give to the church? Start your own charity? What would you do? Imagine then how the servants Jesus talks about in our parable today must have felt. Their employer entrusted to them a fortune and left it to them to decide what to do with it. One was entrusted with an amount equal to about 80 years' wages. The second with over 30 years' wages. And the last with about 16 years' worth. Dreaming about such things might pass the time. Might be a fun way to pass the time. But it doesn't help us live our lives today. How we are to live our lives today is what this parable is all about. Years ago, I took a course on World War II, and there was a quiz right off the bat to find out what level of knowledge we students already had about the war. And a question that stuck with me all these years is, what was at stake during the Second World War? I think I wrote down something like, you know, territory or uh, countries. But the answer the instructor was looking for and what ended up being the whole theme of the course was, how are we to live? That's what was at stake. How we are to live was at stake. Because if we had lost the war, we would not have been able to live the way we want. Someone else would have imposed their system of how we are to live upon us. The stakes were the same, of course, during the Cold War. America spent gazillions of dollars over, the, over four decades to ensure we continue to live the way we, the way we want to live and not the way the Soviets want to live. Today, those wars are behind us and we're battling amongst our own people now as to how we are to live. We talk out of two sides of our mouth. We say, live and let live. Let people live the way they want to live. But inside every one of us, is the desire for people to live the way we think they should live. And because of sin, people's ideas of how we should live are all over the map, with a great deal of it not so good for the body, the mind, and the soul. Some Christians say the Bible is our manual of how, on how we are to live. Well, I wouldn't argue with that, except I would say that how we are to live is not the Bible's chief message, perhaps, but how we are to live flows from the chief message that the Bible is God's revealing to us who he is and what he's done. And this parable of the talents is an example. Before this, in the verses before this reading today, <clears throat> Jesus tells a parable of ten bridesmaids 
waiting for the bridegroom to show up. Five of the bridesmaids are ready with oil lamps to wait out the night. Because apparently in those days, and in Judean culture, the wedding didn't start at, you know, like 2 p.m. sharp, right? It, instead, you waited up all night for something to happen, I guess. Anyway, five bridesmaids were not ready and ended up missing out on the wedding reception. With all, they, they missed out on all the good food and wine. And Jesus uses that little scenario to teach us to watch for his showing up and to be ready for it. Since we cannot know the day or hour when he'll appear. That parable leaves us with a kind of like a slap on the wrist or a, you know, a thunk on the forehead, right? To watch and be prepared. But it also begs the question, how should we live our lives in order to, to be prepared for the last day? Well, Jesus gives us an important thing to do as we wait and prepare for the day of his return. Take the riches of the good news of Jesus into your life and put it to use where you live and work. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Recently, we've been looking at some of the more difficult sayings of Jesus, but this one isn't difficult to understand. It's, it's plain. Two of the servants took what they had and invested it. When their employer returned, they were able to give him back twice what he had entrusted to them, and he commended them for their efforts. The third servant was afraid he might lose what he was entrusted, so he hid it away and kept it safe. When his boss returned, the servant gave him back what he had received, but his boss condemned him for it and for failing to even try to increase it. Corporate investing and financing 101, right? It's a no-brainer. Jesus teaches us the way we should live using the very special treasure God has given us. It's tempting as a preacher to use this text today or to say how that we should use all the gifts that we've been given by God, our brains, our smarts, our skills, whether they be manual skills or intellectual skills, our abilities, our creativity, our relationships, our wealth, in a God-pleasing way. That's true as far as it goes. But that's not the point in this parable. God gives those kinds of gifts to, gifts to everyone, believers and non-believers alike. This parable is about how we use the special treasure God has given alone to his servants, the church, for the building up of his kingdom. The most valuable treasure is the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel. What's the message? He came, he lived, he died, he rose, he saved. He saved you and the person you're given this message to. Here is where the connection between the parable and our lives meet. The parable is a story and it invites us to dream about what we would do in that situation. What would you do? Invest and make the treasure grow or hide it, bury it out of fear. The results of both actions are given. God has entrusted you with an even greater treasure than a lifetime's worth of wages and wealth to do what you will. The riches God has given you are real. Christ came out of the tomb alive. 
He died three days before on the cross and paid for your sins so that God would relent of his wrath and not condemn you. He has forgiven you your sins and you will rise with him forever too. In this good news, you actually have the riches of the gospel. He has done this for you. Each day you awake is a new day in Christ. Your sins washed away in the baptismal flood and you can live in the certainty of his love for you. What would you do then? What would you do? How will you live in faith by using this treasure God has given you? I know what I wanted to do when I realized I was given this treasure. You're experiencing it now. Preach it. Not everybody wants to do that. You can teach, visit, counsel, write, call, give your time, use your skills in the church as you use them in society. Make Jesus known. Create awareness. People are trying to make just about anything today known by creating awareness about it. Animal suffering, homelessness, substance abuse, child abuse, rare conditions and diseases, you name it. Well, the church exists to create awareness that there is a God. He came. He lived. He died. He rose. He lives. And he saves. We create awareness, which is a soft way to say we proclaim Christ crucified and risen. Otherwise, how will people hear? How will they know? We don't want to hide the message of Jesus or bury it, that's for sure. Some in the church respond to rejection of the message by keeping it under wraps to keep it safe from a hostile world or something. Well, Jesus was born into a hostile world and did everything he did in a hostile world. And the Holy Spirit made it grow in a hostile world. We need not be afraid. Let's not bury ourselves and the gospel with us by withdrawing from the world or strictly, uh, sticking strictly within our own clan. Use it with whomever, wherever the Spirit wills. It'll grow. You may not see it happen or ever be aware of it, but it will work. That's a promise from God. He has promised to bless that work so that on the last day, the way we lived our lives on account of the good news of Jesus Christ will come to fruition and lives will have been saved. In that day, you who share the love of Jesus will not only know the joy which comes from his love and giving it to others, but you will also receive his blessing when he says, well done, you good and faithful servant. Amen.